previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. One more so, correction I have to make. I mean, this is important, okay. actually. Courtney is not only a professional dancer, but is also a multiple award-winning film star in the adult genre. And most notably is the official goddess of the Tony Kornheiser show. Because if you go to her Twitter, wonderful post. Very educational. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. And we had a big football weekend for sure. Welcome back to the show. Roxy, how you doing? Hey, Chuck, I'm doing great. All right, all you Loyal Littles, as you know, we do not do X's and O's on this podcast at all. But what we do, this podcast is about Loyal Littles for Loyal Littles. So we get Loyal Littles reaction. Please welcome to the show our good friend, David Spector, the biggest Tampa Bay fan I know. David, how you doing? Ah, exactly. are, you, are you breathing? Are you breathing? Are you there? <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm, I'm really okay. working on it. I, I was, as, as we were saying a little bit ago, uh, about an hour or so ago, my wife left the house, which might have been the smartest decision anybody's made in about the last 10 years. And she did not have to listen to me just hyperventilating and trying to just kind of get them to hold on and, I, and damn you, Aaron Rodgers, for not just giving up when you were behind. Right. Um, <laughs> of course. You know. How dare you? Uh, you know. I mean, if, if, if you would just give up like any sane individual would have done, I wouldn't have to be downing Tums right now. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I am, I would wow. say, deliriously happy. I mean, as the thing is, when you root for a team like the Bucks, and, you know, I think Bills fans and – you know, Chiefs fans can relate to this. I mean, we don't get media attention. We don't get talked about. And success on this stage comes so rarely that you really, I think, learn to appreciate it and grasp it full bore when it happens. So I, I am right. just over Well, we can we can take Kansas City off that list right now. I'm sorry. They won last <laughs> yeah. year. They're probably going to win about four or five in the next 10 years. So whatever. But anyway, I know I know totally know what you mean. It's been a long time, sir. Do you know how many years this has been? Uh, well, let's 2002, see. What, right? 2003, 2002, whatever. Right? The Super Bowl was played in 03, I believe, that year. Right. Um, but correct. yeah, the 02 yep. season. So yeah, we're almost 20 years years which is wow. pretty much the about as as often as my teams get to this point it's about once yeah. every yeah. congratulations so, this is I, amazing I, mean, I i i i'm sure there are other loyal littles that are tampa, tampa bay fans i had to choose you because you actually reached out to me last week you were really nice because you played my saints last week you won fair and square that was really nice of you so i was like i knew right away i'm like okay if they win i gotta get you back on just to say a quick hello and get a reaction so well uh, as, as i told you before i mean i've been on that side i've been on that side many many years i know what it's like and so and the saints are a great team i mean the thing is that all the all the teams that that the Bucks have played here have been teams that you really have to have a lot of respect for. There really aren't any hateable spots uh, or any hateable teams left. And honest to goodness, hey, I'd love to win the Super Bowl, but it'll it's been so much fun. In the next couple of weeks, are going to be amazing fun, regardless of what happens. Wow. I'm really Sure. I mean, if Brady goes and wins another Super Bowl, I mean, that, I just don't even know what to say anymore. That's a whole nother podcast, though. I but, mean, speaking as a Patriots oh, fan. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, she just lost. Brady. I just yeah. feel like, well, I don't really love him, but I feel like you can't bet against him. Right. No. Because no. and even though he, he switched teams, but the Patriots didn't do very well this year. So Belichick is probably sipping on a margarita right now, which he's probably <laughs> not mad about. Um, no, I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But it definitely is a testament to who Tom Brady is, and he truly is an incredible player. So, I mean, you never know. Well, he, he is, yeah. and, but he needed help. I mean, he needed sure. help today. He he had a really good uh, the first roughly two thirds of the game, really really good, and the last third, eh, you know. But that's why those, it's those a interceptions team. didn't help. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, although really only the second one, this only the second one was one that really upset me. The other two yeah. were like, and eh, not that big a deal. But, yeah, because they were almost as good as punts, except that you put yeah. left points up on the you you, exactly. you left points off the board. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so but, well, but they but they can't do that in two weeks. I mean, that's, yeah, no, no, no. Right. That, that's right. Well, David, enjoy the moment. I, yes. <laughs> I did not see this coming. I, we all should have seen it coming. 
it's a lot to ask a team to win three road games. So, I mean, I sure. certainly expected them to be competitive, and but they but they certainly what? done the jobs. You got Tom Brady. You got a good defense. You got a shot. So, yep. well, thank you Love again, it. David Spector, for coming on from from Bell's Up Winery. Don't forget his Twitter page at Bell's Up Winery. Perfect. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So nice you to better. see you. Yeah, so <laughs> see good to you see you. Too. All right, Loyal Littles, and fair is fair. So representing the AFC, probably one of the biggest Chefs fan we know, lovely Loyal Little. Welcome back to the show, Jamie Julian. Hey, Jamie. Howdy. Woohoo! Woo, indeed. Except I'm still nervous. I'm still, my heart's still beating. I'm still like uh, sweating a bit. It's not good. It's not good here. But it okay. is good. But, but Rob is with you, right? So you're okay. You've got yeah, you've got oh people God. there, right? Rob is here. Um, he's all right. been laughing at me and tweeting about my stupid reactions all night. Oh, I've been watching the tweets. They've been great. They've been great. Wow. So how's it feel? So now, all right. So you're getting a little cocky, right? Back to back. No, no I am back not. <laughs> um, I'm the exact opposite. So I just have to say, like, sitting here watching this tonight reminds me of last year when I was actually able to go to the game with my brother and Rob and right. and, and seeing it now and they're all wearing masks and it's so surreal and I just can't believe yeah. that it really happened. But no, I mean, still, like, I said to Rob as soon as the game was over, I was like, um, is there any way they can reverse this call? Like, is there a way <laughs> that the Bills can still win? Because that's how it feels to me. Like, I know sure. I'm going to get better about this. But right now, it's just still so surreal that I have a good team. That's my team. I well, it's real. And you are going back to the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. Now, yes. is that and crazy or what? It's so crazy. And what's really funny is, like, I think Tampa Bay is great. I really like them. I like most of their players. But seriously, Tom Brady can just that dude can just go f- right off. That's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was thinking you were going to say, like, he can go suck it, but okay. <laughs> I actually held wow. back really wanted to say. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> but, yes. So, I mean, I just – and it's funny because he's not, like – he's he's obviously great. He's a great player, but I still can't stand his smug little face. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Listen, as a Patriots fan, dealing with that for how many years? I mean, I feel like yeah. you can't bet against him. However, Mahomes is freaking amazing. Yeah. So right? it's gonna yeah. be this is really like interesting. The battle of the, yeah, it's like the battle of the two quarterbacks you can't bet against. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. it should be a great game. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'll be able to watch it in any kind of sober condition. <laughs> so. <laughs> Be watching it like you do a horror movie, you know, through your fingers. Like sure. <laughs> that's how I'll yep. be. Now, um, <laughs> now, how how is Rob doing? Is he okay? You know, it's what's really funny is like I had made a promise to myself that you know we got to the AFC Championship three years in a row. That means we are successful. That is a, a successful season, and I was not going to be mad no matter what happened. And I actually did a really good job of mostly not getting mad. I got mad once. I got really <laughs> mad and I punched the couch. But that was only one time. Usually I get mad on every play. I feel like that's okay. progress. Sure. All right, so progress. Yes, exactly. But at, when McCall Hardman fumbled and the Bills scored that touchdown, Rob actually got up and screamed and left the room. So he was the one who lost his shit this time. So I feel like <laughs> I can maintain a small amount of composure. Right. I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying it's, no, it's better than good. usual. Better. <laughs> Well, congratulations, and going back to back, we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, this is going to be interesting. We have to find out who the other Tampa Bay fans are and who the other Chef fans are, but it should be an interesting game for sure. Best of luck. Thank you. uh, We're not sure who we're pulling for. I mean, I know, I don't know. I'm rooting interest on both sides now. (laughs) Well, I. Well, I can tell you for joking, sure, you, Tiny Chuck will definitely be rooting for his chefs and your chef. Yeah, so you definitely okay. got him in your corner for sure. Funny. So, well, Jamie, we can't thank you enough for coming on and giving us the reaction right after the game. This has been great. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. How much fun was that, Roxy? Two dedicated fans rooting for their teams. We might have to have a little fun with that in the upcoming weeks. We've got two weeks before the Super Bowl, and we've got a fantastic show for y'all today. Our guest is through the roof. So, Roxy, why don't, what do you think? Should we just get out of here? Yeah, let's just get right to it. All right. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles.
blue But stick around, find yourself renewed We shall be found Come down, I'ma tell you true Dark clouds just obscure the view Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast And we have a Loyal Littles Podcast first today We are being played in by the wonderful, great Jason Fuse And this is a song that hasn't even been played on the big show It's called Reverberate And as always, we will play the full song at the end of the podcast but I said a first because this is normally where we would tell you, oh, find him on Twitter and this is his website and la la la. But how about this, Loyal Littles? We're going to let him tell you for himself because joining us today on the little show, the voice of butter, the great, the one and only, I've run out of adjectives, Roxy. Here he is. Please welcome to the show, Jason Fuse. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, after that, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I feel like you've hyped me up way too much, and now it's just well, going to be a letdown. But. Well, we are oh. so happy to have you on here. Oh, oh thrilled I, to be here. This has been in the making for many a weeks. I just, I, I'm almost speechless. I'm going to try to get through this, so I'm going to just shut up. We usually turn this over right away to the guest. And now I know this is almost impossible because pretty much probably every little knows who you are. But why don't you introduce yourself? Anything you think any of the littles would want to know out there that they don't already know? Hmm. Uh, well, my name is Jason Fuse. I have been in this community of littles for, I would say, six, seven, eight years now. Um, I started out listening to Tony's show shortly after PTI started. I didn't really listen on the radio much, but as soon as he started doing the podcast is when I started listening, and that's how I got into it. I used to read Tony's stuff that he wrote, like in columns in the late 90s, and started watching PTI from the very beginning. So it's kind of like, I feel like I've told a lot of this before, but kind of summarize it, short version. It's, I, this community of people has been so cool and so uh, welcoming and kind and really just blows me away every time because I've been part of many other like online communities on the internet in the past, you know, 15 years. And this has been the most friendly group of people. So it's, it's great to be here talking with you guys and to get to know you and now to start listening to your podcast because <laughs> I've heard great things. I talked to Rob the other day and that's how I found out about it. Uh, and Rob was like, Oh yeah, you know, I was on the podcast. I was like, well then tell them to sign me up. Tell them to give me a call. So it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad to be here. I don't know. I'll answer anything. Like I said, I don't know what people might not know about me that they would actually want to know because I've talked so much on the Speaking of Tangents podcast that it has become, and both with DKE podcast stuff, that if you're interested in knowing about me, all that stuff is out there. <laughs> and well, probably too let's... much of it in some way. So um... I'll answer any questions you guys have if you want to know something specific. All right. There is so much to dissect there already. We've said this before on the podcast, so it's always we have our TK moments where we don't remember what we said already, so we don't want to bore listeners, but we can't agree with you more on about the Littles group in general. Roxy has just been, every week she gets more and more floored about. Yeah, I'm blown group. away by the community. It's absolutely incredible. It really it's is amazing. So I mean, I know we yeah. say it a lot, but it really is. It really is. <laughs> and I don't want to be like, yeah, I'm part of that group. It's amazing. But no, it's really, it's the, all the other people and all the relationships and the links that people are willing to go to just be friendly and be nice. Even right. to brand new people that just found out about the group yesterday, it, they're already like, hey, you're in, you're part of us and mm -hmm. let's go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and just I mean, so welcoming. I, all I keep saying is, look, I tried to tell you five years ago, but you I just know. kind of blew it off. Like, yeah, okay, what littles? What's that? Forget it. I don't even just just go watch your show. Go listen to yeah. your podcast. Right, I'll, right. I'm gonna go do this. So. And here's the thing: you don't even have to listen to Tony's show. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to anymore. You, yeah. The the group of littles has become its own thing, even extended beyond Tony. And like Tony often says, he's the hub of the wheel that's that spreads out. But the yeah. wheel is enormous. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. don't have to be connected to the hub to be connected to the other parts. Right. And that's why I thought this would be a good idea because I've quote known so many of these littles for so long in the Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. But I never really got to meet them. For us that don't live in the D.C. area or whatever or can't get down there for Jingle Fest and things like that, you know, we've never had it. And I get so jealous when I see all these pictures posted on Facebook. And I'm like, I, I want to get to know these people more. 
Oh, yeah. And when it you was, get to Jingle Fest, it kicks it into high. It's a different yeah. level. It's kicks it yeah. into a different uh-huh. gear of just getting to see, to hang out with people for, I mean, it's really, we sleep like three or four hours a night and we're, the rest of the time we're hanging out together. <laughs> All right, That's Roxy, we've got to make I'm, that happen. I, hearing about Jingle Fest and everyone coming together, it sounds like something I would really enjoy. So I can't wait for the world to get better so that yes. we can do that and we can actually come to one of these events and experience what it's like. So I want to go back a little bit because I know this is going to sound insanely stupid to some because I didn't know there was a Speaking of Tangents podcast. And I'm. it was so yeah. great to hear you guys back on the air. I, I Let's just start there. I mean, I know Chris Davenport tried to stir up a little little something something <laughs> yeah uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna throw it out <laughs> yeah right right with pitchforks right and uh and i was like are you kidding me the, the, it brought joy to at least mine now I, I don't think roxy you've never heard an episode of theirs right she roxy's not a big podcaster to be honest i have a hard time juggling my regular everyday life that podcasts sort of <laughs> fall behind a little bit right <laughs> i'll right. start yep. one and then i and i'm i get into it but then i just sort of it kind of falls apart but oh yeah i fell way off honestly i I know some people have like gotten more attached and more into podcasts since you know staying at home for the pandemic but i've actually in the past year fallen off a lot of stuff because i've had other things kind of come up and develop and Mm -hmm. i work a lot with audio and you know music and recording so that kind of stuff it's hard to it's hard to listen to a podcast when you're you know mixing a a 40 track song or something like that it's not work out well, Jason, this is one thing that I've briefly mentioned, but I'll bring it up again. About 20, 25 years ago, I was the king of Broadway, like sh- soundtracks. Okay, like nonstop, 24-7. I knew every Broadway soundtrack there was, which cast recording it was, la la la. If you told that person 25 years ago that in 25 years, you're just going to stop listening to Broadway shows or any cast recordings, and you're going to listen to nonstop people talk, people argue about topics, or people doing movie reviews, I'd be like, you are out of your freaking mind. Well, here we are, sir. Like, yes. that's all I listen to. So, well, Jason, real quick, why don't you go into your background a little bit? I, are you originally from Atlanta? Uh, no, I've lived here for about 20, 20 odd years now, 21 years almost. Oh, um, okay, so, so where'd you grow up and stuff? If you don't uh, I, yeah, I grew up on more in the East Coast in Virginia, like closer to D.C., uh, ah. southern part of Virginia, and then moved to Ohio, Tennessee. My family lived in uh, Bangkok, Thailand for a while. Uh, just wow. traveled, got got the travel bug doing that. And so that's kind of just kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that, which I think honestly uh, helped my view of in perspective on things a lot. And it was great to move around and, and get that, even though at the time when I was a kid and my parents were like, well, we've been here for two years. We're moving, you know, halfway across the country or, or halfway around the world. And guess what? All your friends are gone. And this is in a time I'm old enough that there's no internet to speak of. Right. There's certainly no way to keep in touch with people that way. It was the best, most immediate thing was talking to somebody on the phone. And when you're in middle school, you're not calling somebody on the phone from halfway around the world and things like that. So um, just kind of was not fun at the time, but one of those things where it turned out, I feel like it definitely helped me develop a different perspective on viewing things from other people's viewpoints and seeing things from different sides of in order to form my own opinions on things. Sure. sure. Yeah, that's so great. And it's so important, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Now, was that was there was that because job related with your parents or did they? just? Uh, yes, yeah, like, job no? my dad had. Uh, gotcha. My dad was, okay. uh, he moved around from, he, same same corporation, um, that, but he was uh, sent in and be like, hey, we have a problem at this plant, you need to go fix it, and they would send him there. He moved there for a few mm-hmm. years, and we, he would fix it. Gotcha. Problem solver, which I absolutely nice. inherited from him. <laughs> gotcha. Now, did you, uh, did you go to school? Did you go to college? Uh, yeah, I studied uh, nuclear engineering at University of Tennessee. And Wait, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm big into nuclear physics, but... but I got a job shortly after college working for an engineering company where they would send me to different places all over the world as a consultant, uh, me and a team of like, I think it was three other people, including my boss. And so we would go to all these places and be like, okay, this is the problem they're having. It was a preventative maintenance kind of thing was the company, but it was engineering on like large power plants, nuclear reactors, anything from nuclear reactor level down to hey, this is a auto assembly line, that kind of thing, or a coal plant, that kind of thing. Just different different kind of factories and plants, heavy machinery. Got to see a lot of the world that way, and it was pretty cool. Wow. 
Wow. Okay. So this is great because this is why I'm doing, this is exactly why I'm doing this podcast because mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned this in a couple episodes ago, how when I first reached out to Claire thinking that she had this connection with PTI, I thought she was like a stage manager on PTI or something like that. Cause <laughs> I kept seeing, you see these pictures and stuff. I mean, I thought you were going to tell me, yeah, I went to school for music. I went to Cincinnati conservatory, you know, or something (laughs) like that. Yeah. Wow. It's weird how people, the past, sometimes people take the end up where they are, because honestly, I've been traveling that in that traveling job for like five years. And it was a traveling job where I was gone 20 to 25 days every single month, either traveling. I would go somewhere for two weeks or go somewhere for a month. Sometimes it was fly out in the morning, fly back late at night. And around the time that I was like, you know, I'm kind of tired of this. I kind of want to move into something else. And at the time, I wasn't thinking anything other than just a non-travel. I'd like to go into an office for eight mm-hmm. hours and then go home and be done with it for the day. It's kind of what I was thinking. And mm-hmm. about that time when I was talking to my boss about that, I said, hey, is there anything? Because I lived in it. I had moved to Atlanta at that time, and the company was in Tennessee. So it was a time. It was in the late 90s. Uh, no, about that time, it was about early 2000s. So it was very much not really work from home situation. If you weren't traveling all the time, you had to go into an office. And so I was talking to him about that and kind of how we could work that out. And then September 11th, 2001 happened. And Mm. with everything that went along with that, I was like, I'm not sure I want to travel anymore. And then I did it for about a couple of months after that. And it was very, just the lockdown, just the extended security. I went from hey, I'm going to just walk out onto the tarmac and walk up the steps of this little plane and get on and fly to having to go through all the security and everything. And it just, mm-hmm. yeah. that sealed the deal for me in terms of, I got to get out of there. This is not what I want to do. Right. And so made an arrangement. They were going to, the company got bought by a larger company and they were like, hey, we're going to lay off some people. My boss came to me and he's like, I'm going to take the layoff. And I'm like, no, I want it. And he and I kind of fought over it. He was like, <laughs> okay. And so, because it was, it was a good deal they were offering and I was like, I want to get out of this anyway. So I'm just going to go look for another thing that enabled me to spend a few months going, hmm, what I want to do. Thought about the music stuff. Cause I've been playing music since I was a kid and we may talk about this later, but I'll, I'll say it now. Uh, DKE, the band I'm in, the band quote that I'm in with, uh, Rob and Luke. If anybody know about that, that's uh it's a rap group. I'm two sevenths of it, which will make more sense when you realize there's kind of like three core members and there's like two other members that kind of phase in and out. (laughs) So, but we, we made an album a few years ago and we're writing a book about that album. And there's a chapter in that book that I, that's hopefully it's coming out in the next couple of months. We're, we're finished with it. We're in the editing stages and just trying to get it published, but it should be like available in the next couple of months. Uh, and there's a chapter in there where I write about how I got into music and I started doing music and writing songs when I was like five years old. And like you were, wow. you said, you know, how you listened to a lot of, uh, listened to everything that was on Broadway, you know, and you were thinking, oh, in 25 years, I didn't know, I had no idea that I would be doing and actually playing in these shows. I, I started out just at my grandma's house on a piano, banging out these songs that right. I'm sure sucked, you know, because I mean, I'm five, <laughs> six years old. But when I took that layoff in the early 2000s, I took that time, I was like, you know, maybe I want to try doing more with music. So okay. I responded right. to a couple of like ads online, like Craigslist stuff, looking for drummers to play here or guitarists to do this or whatever. And just kind of, and or looking for people to record. And I had gotten sort of into recording. I started buying as technology improved. I got a computer. I started out with the four track cassette things and it kind of moved up from there. Ended up going, hey, you know, I could record other bands. So I recorded other bands. I started my own bands, right. recording them. In the meantime, you know, I, I was doing like an IT job part-time just to kind of get some income and have something regular in addition as I was kind of building the music and then got to the end of that and got an offer to, to be a worship leader at a church is basically when it ended up being. Um, wow. And okay. All right. Whole- All right. Let's pause for a second. Yeah. There's a lot uh, going on. I, no, no, it's okay. It, it is. It's awesome. And, and the fans have some questions, so I want to get into all this. Let's sure. take a quick break. We're going to come back because this is exactly what I wanted to go into for our second part of this. I'm still in awe. Very thankful for your time. Loyal Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And uh, little Chuck here is trying to hold it together. I think I'm doing okay. I, I think I'm Man, hanging you're doing in great. there. I'm oh, hanging in there. What is so just, so doing great. The voice just, uh, it's butter. It's butter. That's all I can say. So, Jay, we have some already questions. I did a little thing on Twitter before you came on. And uh, one of our quick questions was from Todd Takei. And he first one was, can we give Jason a perm? And the other one was, <laughs> when is the next DKE album coming out? Oh, so can okay. you? I will answer those in order. Okay. 
know. <laughs> and I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now, not that, also, not that we're not going to do one, but it's I uh, it's a that's that's a load. That's a very loaded question. First, we have to finish a book. The book. Okay. I'm well, that's about. well, that's what I was going to get into. Yeah, you t- briefly mentioned it, and we don't want to give too much because we want people to buy the book, which we'll obviously plug at the end of this. But there was, I, did you say there's a chapter on how you got into music? Yes, there's a whole chapter where I'm sure I wrote far too much about my life growing up and how I ended up doing music. Um, well, is there any little bit of a teaser you can give us maybe of like how it uh, all started? You were talking about your grandma's piano that you used yeah, to. That's that's yeah. kind of how I started. I started banging away on that old piano and my uncle, who was a very well-trained classical pianist, was like, I'll give you a few tips. I mean, to a five-year-old. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, he probably told me too much right then. But honestly, some of the things he told me, I still use today, which is if you can keep it simple, keep it simple. And I often don't follow my own advice with that. I mean, that's, that's how you end up with a 25-track tra- debut rap album with three guys and a, a girl and a robot boarding a spaceship. But that's, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, it's, I kind of talk about how, uh, how I realized what I want to do and what, what I wanted to do with music. And it wasn't that music was, hey, I want a job in music. I want to earn income with music. I never honestly thought that growing up, even through the last 10 years, it was more, I have to do this. I have to create this because this is inside of me and I have to get this out. And if I don't, it's going to eat me up and and drive me crazy. If I don't crazy than I already am, if I don't get this out and create this and put this out in the world. And sometimes it's good. Some people would debate that. And sometimes it's bad. (laughs) and, And I know that, but just the desire and that drive to create and mine comes out in music and in other things, you know, creating graphics and producing for other people, uh, doing podcasts, but primarily music and writing songs. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, I learned that at a young age of this is something I'm going to do at very least as a hobby for as long Mm -hmm. as I can. Right. I understand that. I, I, yeah, I, definitely. I knew, I, so I'm glad to talk to you, both of you as are on the creative side of things as well. And that's, uh, it's, it's just something that it's in you and you have to get it out. That's just the way, yeah. that's the best way I know how to describe it. Exactly. Well, I wanted to do when I was four years and now I'm happy to say that I'm doing that. It's, that's it's awesome. in you. I agree. It's in you and you have to get it out and you just have to run with it and well, don't look back. <laughs> and and yeah. also Roxy, I don't think you've touched upon this on the podcast yet. I think maybe the listeners would like to know also that how many times did you audition for the Rockettes before you got it? Eight times. Eight wow. times. Yep. Eight. So, yep. Persistence. Yeah. I and don't give up on your dreams. <laughs> I didn't. No. And I honestly, it turned into, I sort of flipped my perspective probably around the, the fourth or fifth time I auditioned for them. I, instead of going in there with the intent of, I need this job, I want this job. It was my intent changed to, I am just so lucky that I get to be in this room right now, doing what I love to do, doing my best and we'll see what happens. And I feel like once I switched, I turned that switch in my brain, even the way I, the way I auditioned changed and eventually it, it worked out. Oh, so. it frees you up completely. It's Absolutely. That, is, that is the, that is an awesome point of, yep. I'm not doing this to impress anybody else. I'm not doing this to get a job. I'm doing this because I love to do it and I'm thankful and grateful to be here, being able to do this stuff and I'm doing it you the spirit of that comes through in the performance to me. It does. And the soul really of that. Does. And that's what connects with people. I mean, yeah, you could be technically proficient and missing that part of it. And it doesn't mm-hmm. connect. Like if you're not as technically proficient and you've got that part of it, that's coming through. Exactly. You get out of your own way and it just allows yeah, for so much more to happen. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, Jason, for those that might not know, can you talk about the the original album and all that stuff and how you guys got together to decide to do that? Oh, for DKE stuff? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it came from us doing dumb rap parodies on Tony's show. <laughs> Tony's jingles. <laughs> podcast, not when it was a radio show. Yeah, yeah doing the jingles. <laughs> we, that's, and you said, you know, eight times auditioning. This is, this is a much lower tier of that for me to say. I sent in 21 songs, 21 jingles to Tony's show before they ever played one. Wow. Yeah. So wow. persistence. Keep <laughs> yeah. trying. Wow. All you exactly. littles. Did you hear that? That's, yeah. That's- so if you're. If you're trying to send an email or trying to get a jingle on the show, just keep sending this stuff in. Yeah, 
yeah that's great and then and then there was the hamilton that idea came from from luke uh he he wrote the majority of it and then he's like hey you want to be part of this i'm like sure of course at that time we had done like three or four rap beastie boys kind of jingles that uh i don't think any of them actually ever aired <laughs> but <laughs> well are we, they on the the little song little uh what's the yeah Little songs. Little songs. Uh, yeah. yeah, it used to be TK Jingles, uh, right. and now it's littlesongs.net, I believe. Okay. Jerry Gurley uh, site. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All that stuff's on there. And then from there, it just kind of, I posed the question of, you know, I think we could actually make a dumb, silly, obviously ridiculous on purpose, know what we're doing rap album or a couple songs at least original stuff uh and just send it in just send it to tony because at that time they'd started playing original music on tony's podcast um this is when they transitioned over to the podcast full-time right. like the radio station yeah um they played my music for like as the intro and outro stuff and i in the bumper music for the first week mm-hmm. as they were gathering other stuff and mark called me he's like hey you mind if i do this uh, he produces the show and i'm like yeah yeah, sure. Of course not. Yeah, go for it. And from there, they kind of got more submissions. And now I think it's every every show they have like a couple of, of new tracks that they play. How did you end up in Atlanta? Was uh, it a job or? Uh, yeah, my wife got a job down here gotcha. when in the late 90s, like 99, we moved here. Uh, and it was the thing where I was still working out of an office in Tennessee, up in, up in Knoxville. Uh, mm-hmm. And I stayed there for about six months while we sold our house. That was in Knoxville, and then we both got back together down here. I mean, not that we broke up in the middle of that, <laughs> right. but we were going back and forth every weekend. But right, was, right. Uh, then we ended up uh, in Atlanta, and I've just been here ever since. And started out just outside the perimeter, and then we've kind of moved further out as I have two kids now, and yeah. with all that business, and just wanted to get more of a you know house yard kind of situation. We live sure. in Atlanta. And you're still down in Hotlanta, as we call it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, because we, I've played the Fox Theater so many times. Oh man, yeah. I've and been there. I've been there a bunch. That uh, theater is just amazing. There's three awesome. of them. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, there's, there, there's, then they all look I almost identical. The Detroit and St. Louis, and then Atlanta. The Fox Theaters oh, are mm-hmm. are stunning. They're absolutely stunning, and it's the one of the reasons I brought up Atlanta actually was because totally random, which I'm kind of glad we're getting random now. That's, uh, that's who I am. The chicken and waffles, is that, a, is, do you do that? Is that a thing? Have I done that? Yeah, of course. It's a thing. Oh. It's absolutely a thing. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put that up there with the mayo on grilled cheese because I just don't. Oh, I, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, come oh, no. on, man. No, chicken and waffles are actually good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to have to try it sometime. I don't know. I just equate waffles with breakfast and chicken with like lunch or dinner. And I just don't. I don't know why I just don't put, I guess, you know, I've never been a big brunch guy, so I guess I just never put the two together, but I know it's like a staple down there. Yeah. And, you uh, eat any time. and, and look, I, I have my, my views on breakfast are well known in that breakfast is not a food group. Breakfast is a time of day that you eat the meal. So you can eat, yeah. you could eat breakfast food anytime. And it's right. not, there's no such thing as breakfast food. It's food that you eat at breakfast. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and okay. So now you touched upon the band a little bit and mm-hmm. we're hoping Luke will come on at some point. That would be yeah, amazing sure as well. I'm yeah. not going to speak for him, but yeah, he will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you just, <laughs> did, just did. And I'm glad. So Luke, you're coming on. No. And um, but, ladies uh, and gentlemen, he's here today, right now. Luke, okay. no. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. No, I did, uh, that. I did that one time on speaking of tangents and surprised everybody. KJ included. Oh, no. wow. <laughs> and I waited like 35 minutes into the show before I was like, what do you think oh about that, Luke? And he was like, and he just jumped in and KJ was like, what? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Okay. Up. Yeah, we, we're going to have to do that at some point. That that would yeah. be just hilarious. But um, yes. And this is why we were born to have this interview, because you just keep going in the direction I keep trying to get the, the conversation into. This is just so easy. But that's exactly where I wanted to go. Where where did the idea for the podcast come and how did that start? And the relationship with you and KJ, where did that start and how did all that become? Uh, we got together on a couple of jingles back in the early days, early days, the early days for me. They had been doing this for a year or two, something like that. And I was like, oh, I'll start writing these things because I've been listening to the show and I'd heard them playing and singing. I'm like, I'm musical, sort of. I, I could probably do this. And I'll try to write some silly lyrics and see what happens. And so I did a few. And to be honest, I said before I, I sent in 21 before they ever played one of them. I wouldn't have made that many. I wouldn't have gotten that far if not for the encouragement in posting them in the site back then, TK Jingles, now LittleSongs.net that Jerry created that we all kind of 
got together and collaborated through meeting through the website. I mean, we, we, I mean, obviously I knew their names from hearing them, hearing Tony talk about them on Tony's show, but had never, that's through the websites where I connected with them. And that's where I kind of got into my foot in the door to the community, so to speak. Um, but she and I did a couple of jingles. I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, do you want to sing on this thing that I wrote? That is kind of, it's not really, it'd be silly for me to sing this. I don't even remember what it was. It was some, might've been a Beyonce song. (laughs) I did a parody of it. She was like, yeah, of course we kind of did a few of those and we met, I've been to every single, I think she has too. been to every single jingle fest. I think four it's been maybe five. I can't remember. Uh, but the first one, the very first one, which was on the back patio of a Mexican restaurant <laughs> outside of D.C. that was just the best thing ever, but also low rent, crazy, perfect for how, you know, what we were doing at the time uh, and met her there. And we kind of, you know, met in person there and got to talk. And we had a pretty good back and forth as far as being able to talk about different things, but but still approach it from different angles, but also not in a combative debating way, but in a, mm-hmm. hey, you know, com- we complimented each other in terms of how we mm-hmm. approach different things. Uh, and she's like, hey, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? I was like, I have now, sure. Uh, now that you <laughs> so, so we just kind of started from there and we're like, I was like, let's just try it. And honestly, the show, it ended up, what I brought to it at the beginning in creating it was, I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to start talking and see what happens. And I'm going to play off of anything you say and anything that comes out of my mouth, 95% of it is me winging it and just what I thought of off the top of my head right there. And I'm going to say it, whatever comes to mind. And her side of it is, what if we continue to do jingles, but we did jingles that were music bumpers for our own show? And I was like, yeah, sounds great. So I wrote a bunch of original music for that. She and I came up with the lyrics. Uh, we sang or took turns singing them. Uh, most of them are duets, I think, if I recall. And we kind of that was kind of our kickoff point to doing the episodes at the very beginning. Wow. And so the third chair, how did that come yes. about? That came about when we started interviewing people pretty early in. I think Brad was the Brad Weiss was the first interview. We another one of the well known to anybody who's listened to the Jingles or Tony mm-hmm. Show. He was the first interview, and at first we were just going to be like, "Hey, let's interview the people that we know that we've met through Jingle Fest and friends in this community that we have. Let's just interview them." And it went from there to, "Oh, you know, what if we asked, you know, Gary? And what if we asked Liz, Liz Clark? And what if we asked David Aldridge?" And what if we got, uh, you know, basically everybody, we talked to Mark Stern when he's been on like three episodes with us when we were at Chatter, where Tony used to record his show um, yeah. in D.C. whenever we'd go there. And it was like, then after that, it was like, you know, this is a good energy when we have three people. Yep. Let's just kind of keep it going in this. I think it was second season we started doing it where we'd have somebody on every episode who was just with us the entire episode uh, yep. just playing off of us. So that that's kind of where that kind of evolved from that. So real quick question, obviously you've been involved in many Jingle Fests. Any fun stories, any background, any behind the scenes stuff happen that you might want to? Because we've heard like bus two stories. We've heard lots of Jingle Fest stories. So I think it would be great. Have you heard the story of how Rob and Jamie got together? The, The events that led up to that happening. Yes. yes and no. He had yes. a ride, and then the ride left him. And you he ditched was... him, basically. Is what I we was heard. that Angry. ride. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 it was. I take full blame and also responsibility and also credit for what happened because that I, I was the ride. I went in. We were at the Palm, which is where we had an event yep. the night before the the Jingle Fest thing. So yep. we took an Uber down there. It was me, Rob, Luke. Jason's wife, uh, who else was in there? Anita from Alaska was in there. Maybe a couple other people. It's like a minivan. So it was like six or I seven. I mean, Littles. How much, I mean, seriously, how much would you pay to be in that car? I mean, oh. come on. That's just like, <laughs> that's like the, the see, Mount Rushmore of loyal Littles. I mean, come the, on, Larry. Those right, moments on. are when I love, that, those moments are when I'm like, okay, these people are like my family now. Is those yeah. moments that are not at the public events, but it's like, Hey, we're going to, the original golf thing, which I don't know how much you guys know about and the people that listen know about the golf. Little's golf. Yeah. It's yeah. been mentioned. I don't know the, much about it, but it's been mentioned. The, the original was eight people. It was two foursomes. It was me, Rob, Patrick Moffitt, Sean Morrissey, KJ, the Hall of Famer, uh, Shad, and Ed Butt, I think. Is that eight people? Did I name eight people? Yeah. So that was the original eight. We were just like, hey, let's just get together and play golf on the Thursday before Jingle Fest, because, hey, we're all going to be in town, and 
we like playing golf and I'm like, I don't play golf, but once a year, but I hang out, I like to hang out. And so I went and hung out and we, that's the first time I really ever spent much time with Sean Morrissey. I had talked to him before at Jingle Fest and stuff like that, but that golf event, he and I were in a cart together and it, I would kill people for Sean Morrissey. I, I would, you know, <laughs> murder well, people if he asked me to. I, was, I love that guy. I mean, I was just thinking you could have sold raffle tickets for that six seat in that Uber <laughs> for charity, you know, and now I'm thinking, yeah. here's another idea whoever Rocco's Warriors, whatever. I mean, Get two of those people out of that eight to split up, and then you just need to like create a sell raffle tickets for the fourth person in those foursomes. Yeah, yeah. and we need to we need to take we need to rent an RV, <laughs> take a cross country trip, and you're you're raffling off the two extra bunks in the RV to go across. <laughs> I got it. Swamps, driving across Wait. country. Now I know we were, it was it's sad that we didn't get to have it this year, but the word on the street was that Jingle Fest was going to be in Nashville. This oh, year. That, yeah, it was definitely planned. I so, at one point I was looking at venues because I've been to Nashville and play places in Nashville, and yeah, I was yeah. open out venues for. I don't know how many people would have made it because I know a lot of people who live yeah. in the DC area that were like, I'm. I, I go to this thing when it's 20 minute drive. I can't. I'm not going. I'm not flying to Nashville to do it. But yeah, that was the that was the plan that Jerry had before you know COVID basically. Okay. Right. Well, first of all, Roxy and I have a vote for Roberts. That's our favorite place on Broadway down in Nashville. Yes. Uh, yes. And best um, fried pickles. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. But seriously, then you, there's your charity or your whatever you want to call it, where you sell charity, tickets yeah, to be on the RV that goes from DC to Nashville to Jingle Ooh, Fest. Oh, yeah. I mean, there how you cool go. would that be? Like to just be <laughs> yeah. with all the Jingle Festers. That would be so amazing. All right. So, well, thank you for that. Yeah. Rob had brought that up, and apparently, was it? Now, I'm going to go even further. Was it you that wanted to bring him into the back room to introduce him to somebody? Or, no, no, no. That was somebody else. We were waiting some... outside. Some Several of the people on that ride were like, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. So we called another Uber, <laughs> another minivan. And I was like, who are we missing? We're missing Rob. And so I walk back into the Palm and I'm like, where's Rob? You know, and it's still crowded. It's still packed in there. You can barely walk yeah, through there. Yeah. And I'm walking through and uh, I see Rob standing at the bar and I walk up to him. And I tried to get his attention to say, hey, we're leaving you if you're not coming. And <laughs> he's talking to Jamie. And I had yeah. met Jamie, but, you know, didn't really know her all that much at the time. And she turned around. And she goes, oh, I got him. <laughs> or something uh, like that. I don't remember exactly. Well, she wasn't lying. <laughs> but I got the impression that she was going to make sure he had a ride and take care, you know, make sure he had a ride back to the right, hotel. Right. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, he's staying with me. And I'm like, it was okay. this look on Rob's face that I like. He's good. I'm leaving. And so I went back and told <laughs> the video man. They were like, I was like, let's go. And they were like, where's Rob? And I'm like, he's good. Let's go. And we <laughs> left. <laughs> well, apparently he was pissed. Yeah. Apparently. He quickly got over it, obviously. Yeah. He, uh, he should say yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I'm love sure Rob. I love Rob. He and I, we, we've had many of debate and conversation and everything about when we were writing the DKE album and doing all this stuff and writing this book. And it is, he's one of my best friends. And it's one of these things where he and Luke and I have this dynamic of typically we have two people on one side of the debate and the, and the third is on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. And the two people on one side are trying to convince the third to come over to the side with us. And it is, it's, <laughs> it's this weird thing where no matter what we're debating, we're, we're almost always split that way. I mean, That's it'd be so hard funny. to split three into two other, into a right. two side. Now that I think about it, math, but two would be very passionate on one side and the other, the third is very passionate on the other side and we're trying to meet in the middle. But I literally talk to both of them every day or type chat, text both of them every day. So it's, uh, that relation that those two friendships for me have came out of doing stupid songs on an old man's radio podcast. So that's, it's, it's been wild. It's crazy. Okay, now let's do a silly question, and this is kind of fun. And since you're such a big Office fan, Roxy. I saw this meme pop up, and it was an Office reference asking, out of these four episodes, which one would you choose to spend the rest of your life watching nonstop? Mm. It was something like that. (laughs) You're supposed to rank them, right? Yeah, so I'm curious if you, being an Office fan, what your choice would be, and of the four choices were the Dundies, the dinner party, threat level midnight, or the convict. That's a great Which would question. you choose? <laughs> I'm probably going to say Dundies number one, just because it's one of the it's the earliest episode out of those, I believe. Uh huh. Um, and is more pure what I fell in love with on The Office, just cool. Michael cringe factor. Yeah. And Pam and Jim, you know, that's right. the building of that relationship. Second drink. Second drink. Second yeah, yeah. drink. I use that. Ever since I saw that episode, I used that. 
that's so interesting. I Dundee's is high on my list, but I feel like I would have to say the dinner party. It's yeah, I think so that's a, awkward. That's a, I think you are in the majority on that. It's so mm-hmm. it's so good. It's yeah. and it you get Jane in there too, who is just yes, another oh, level of ridiculous something. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, that's a great question, Roxy. All right. You know, do we even go the other ones? I feel like, I mean, we've got Jason freaking Fuse here. And no, it's like, no, I'm nobody. You ask me anything you want to ask me. It's so funny. We yes, reference that all the time. Aldrich, who's interviewed Barack Obama and President Bill Clinton. We asked him, you know, which kind of Oreos do you like? So you can't be. Uh-huh. Too that's a good question. Actually. He's another one. And th- no he's disrespect a- to you, sir. But his voice. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, it's just. Ugh. Gosh, yeah, okay. I, I will always forever love David Aldridge because the one time I was on Tony's radio show before they stopped doing it, David and Liz were there, Liz Clark. And mm-hmm. when Tony was asking me on the air about doing music and what do I do and what do I play and, you know, what instruments and this and that. And I, as I was talking, David Aldridge goes, you're real like Prince. And I was like, I love you forever because Prince is one of my was one of my favorite musicians ever. And for oh. him to even even as a joke, compare me musically, I'm like anything you want me to say and do, I'm there. <laughs> now, actually, it's so funny that you brought that up because Rob referenced visiting Prince's home. Yes. He's uh, a- on a, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, as am I. I forgot. I didn't get a chance to go into it with him. I'll never forget. And the, the casino doesn't even exist anymore. It was called the Boardwalk Casino on the Strip. It was 1999 because I was on the Annie tour. I'll never forget it. There was a group and they were playing in the lobby there for free. Like it was just the house band. So maybe they got some kind of pay, but you didn't have to buy tickets or anything. That's what I'm saying. And it was called Purple Rain, spelled (laughs) R-E-I-N. Nice. Oh, my God. I mean, to the T, to the point where they play all night. And the, they finally say, OK, we've got one more for you. He walks upstage to the drummer, opens a guitar case, pulls out the white guitar, comes downstage. You hear the first chord. And go, and they, I mean, it was the most amazing tribute band I've ever seen in my life. OK, nice. so now fast forward to like three years ago, I'm playing Vegas again. And I, I just happened to look them up because I'm like, I knew the, the casino wasn't there anymore, but I knew this band was going to they are playing. I forget where they're playing now, but it was like 85 bucks a ticket. Like, to go see them. Right. I mean, that's how big they got in Vegas. And it's when a tribute band is really good, they can make some money. Especially when the guy dies. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Unbelievable. So, all right, Jason. Well, this has been a complete pleasure. And I cannot even begin to tell you how thankful we are for you coming on. And (laughs) as an homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Neither. Whoa. Neither. What does okay, that mean? All right, let's let's pause. <laughs> <laughs> this is a first. This is a loyal little first. Okay. Yeah. It, it means well, I have, maybe I have two kids in my house that will unroll half of or a quarter of it onto the floor. So typically, it doesn't even make it that far to the to the actual roll. It's sitting on top of something in the bathroom. Oh gosh. So okay. Gotta be honest. I was a little scared there for a second. That was going somewhere completely <laughs> like, different. What do you use? <laughs> I was afraid to to proceed, but I'm glad we did. Okay, <laughs> you know we're we're a, we're a fancy we're a fancy worldly family. We have bidets everywhere. Right. Well, there's that too. Right. Exactly. No, we so. don't. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's the redneck version of that, which is it doesn't ever make it under the roll because it just sits on. Top of Jason, again, thank you. Is what what do we need to plug for you? Let's talk about the book. We uh, most of us know about the podcast, but let's push that as well. And your albums go. What do you got? Uh, Yeah, uh, I'll start with the podcast. KJ Kirsten Onstad and I did a podcast for three years, four years, something like that. Uh, It's 130 something episodes. It's 140 something if you know where to look for the others. Uh, I'll throw that out there to anybody who's crazy like Sully from Boston who uh, (laughs) wants to go be be detective on this stuff and try to figure it out. Uh, but we did a podcast where it's basically just the two of us talking. It's kind of similar in tone. Uh, we have a guest on and interview to what you guys do. We are nonchalant, laid back, casual, throw it out there and just see what happens and just see where stuff goes. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, you would probably enjoy some of what we do, maybe, possibly. Um, or all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, it's, so, and-, it's, and it's on it's on SoundCloud. Uh, you, if you search for Speaking of Tangents on SoundCloud, it's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but we kind of we've paused that since last year. We just recently, like you said before, we did a reunion episode to kind of catch up after the last 10 months. And a lot of that, if you listen to the podcast, you'll kind of see where we are right now on, in terms of moving forward with that. It's, it's kind of up in the air, but, you know, we just kind of do it when, when we want to do it. 
We may yeah. never do another one. We may do another one in a couple of weeks. Who knows? Uh, as far as music, I've, I think I've got a couple of albums that are out now on, you can see it on Spotify, iTunes, pretty much anywhere you can buy or stream digital music. You can go to, you can follow me on Twitter at Judo Fuse and all the links are on there for that stuff. It's Jason Fuse on Bandcamp. Uh, search my name, Jason Fuse on Spotify or any of those places you can find any of my music that I've done. Um, I'm also did an album. The last album that I personally did solo was last was into 2019. I put out an album. It's more of a, like a intimate laid back kind of acoustic driven thing that I kind of wrote the songs about my experience of medical diagnosis that I had in 2019 of MS and a lot of things that happened with that and kind of wasn't sure I was ever going to be able to do music again early in 2020. And then, you know, the well, pandemic stuff happened and I kind of been at home since then. Um, and it kind of allowed me to build some strength back up and started getting some medications and, and things like that. And it's worked out. I was able to do that. Yeah, you went into that on the last the reunion speaking of tangents episode. Yeah, if you want to if yeah, if you want to hear more about my my diagnosis and what's going on with me with that, the last four or five episodes of Speak Tangents, we kind of talk about it. One in particular, I spend a whole hour by myself just monologuing about my experience with getting diagnosed and that kind of stuff and staying in the hospital yeah. and that kind of business. Wow. That album is more, like I said, more intimate, more introspective. Um, I have another album that's coming out that was written at the same time as that one. It's about hope, um, which I feel like looking forward and no matter what your circumstances are, you can always look forward and have hope in something. Uh, and I think that's very important in life. And you can hear, uh, there's one song I put on uh, SoundCloud right now. Uh, the album, that album will be on, you know, all streaming, all digital places. You can buy it uh, in the next couple of months, probably next month. It just has to go through the publishing process and that kind of stuff. But that'll be, that's more of a rock oriented thing. I also do, I'm also part of the, we talked about before, the DKE group. Um, you can find that album on all the places as well. Um, Diane, the Diane Kruger effect, for those who don't know what DKE stands for, <laughs> which should kind of give you a clue that we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> that right. It's kind of a rage against the machine without the important stuff, <laughs> the, without the political important stuff. Uh, it's kind of Beastie Boys-ish. We just kind of <sighs> throw, throw a bunch of music. Miss the Beastie Boys. Yeah, it kind of is. It's a kind of lonely island in some places with some of this interlude skits that we do. Uh, we did a 25 track debut rap album <laughs> with a robot on a spaceship. So that's as you do, concept album. As 25 the tracks. Album. You so know. we're insane. And if you're into that sort of crazy, it's sort of nerd nerdcore in that we really do. We really do a lot of science based stuff and a lot of Rob brings in his experiences, you know, with, with Buddhism and Luke talks about stats a lot. He's a, you know, he has a PhD in statistics, data science. I being with my background in physics, I studied a lot of astrophysics as well. And so it's one of these things where we know what we're talking about, but then we act like we don't know what we're talking about, but make it sound like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> we call it the dumb, smart, dumb approach, which is, it sounds really dumb at first, but then if you listen to it, you're like, oh, they kind of actually know what they're, no, wait. No, I'm an idiot. It's not dumb. And dumb. It's, it's not two dumbs and a smart. It's two smarts and a dumb. It's smart, dumb, smart. Nice. Yes, I'm that stupid. It's smart, dumb, smart. So when you first hear it, you're like, oh, this sounds pretty smart. These guys are using big words and rhyming about apoapsis and, you know, apotheosis and cosmology. And then you get to looking into a little bit more and you're like, oh, this is really dumb what these guys are saying. This is intentionally <laughs> stupid. And then you get to the next level, which is, oh, there's another layer to this that I didn't catch at first that is actually yeah, pretty smart. It's, it's trending back towards smart. I put it that way. Right. So it's kind of smart, dumb, smart. That's and now the book. The book. Yeah. And there is a book, which it started out as a joke on a Kickstarter, <laughs> the, the Kickstarter for the album. Yeah. Um, we had books available. I put a book and you can get a full-size painting on canvas of album cover, which oh, wow. two people actually have hanging in their houses and or offices, which I believe you guys know Robert Culpe. Yes. Oh, yes. We just yes. had him on a few episodes ago. I don't know if he brought this up, but he has a, I think it's like 48 by 40 canvas painting print in his office of a photo of a graphic that I made of, of a picture that looks like an old oil painting of the DK band. So it is. Oh my gosh. But the book came out of that where I've just put it in there as we did a, a trailer for the Kickstarter, which may be, uh, as Rob has said, that's the best thing we ever produced was that stupid trailer for the Kickstarter, the very first thing, which is good because that's what you want to do. You want to market it, yeah. which by the way, I'm saying all this stuff and I'm terrible at marketing anything that I've ever done. I am terrible at promoting myself. Uh, I am bad at that. I've only Ooh. doing this now because you reminded me to do it. I would have been like, oh, yeah, I forgot to talk about any of this stuff. 
Uh, we hear you. <laughs> we'll get into that in a yeah. second. Right, so if you haven't heard of my podcast, then yeah, you know, you know why. Um, but the the book came out of that as a joke, and then people bought it. People people paid paid us money for it in the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter to support the creation of that and the production of the album, wow. which we are very thankful for because it blew us away. How many people contributed to that and got all that stuff? Because I mean, we made T-shirts and stickers and koozies and full-size wall paintings and books. And three years later, we've almost got the book done. We will fully admit the reason why we wrote this book is because people paid money for it and we owe them a book. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. It started out as, hey, we're going to write about and describe what we mean in all these lyrics and tie all these things together because there's extra layers in there. Some of it hidden stuff in Easter eggs that it's one of these things where some of it's obvious. Some of it, it doesn't matter. Even if you're silly, you're not going to get some of it because it's, right. it's too impenetrable. And I was thinking, oh, this stuff's too easy to figure out. And yeah, of course, duh. If I'm the person who made it, it's easy for me to figure it out, idiot. So it's my own stupid fault. But I wrote some stuff in there that the book turned from, we're going to describe all these lyrics in detail because we wrote one chapter on that and it was super boring. So we were like, we got to do something else. So then mm -hmm. the, from there, the book went completely off the rails. And it's 330-something pages, 8 by 10, full color. I think you can get a hardcover version. It's going to be available. But it's going to be on Amazon. So I Amazon, think, okay places where you can buy it the book is called e pluribus quattro because <laughs> the album is called e pluribus quattro right gotcha oh nice all, all right it was a dumb joke that i was like off the top of my head or one of us was off the top of our head what if it was this and we'd laugh for five minutes and that would end up being the title of it that's honestly how we did a lot of our stuff but if you Love want to it. know more about how we which some people might want to know more about how we wrote this album and the process behind that a lot of that is in the book and i think it's entertaining it's not a book that's meant to be read from cover to cover it's a more like oh. a coffee table-ish book where uh -huh. you read a chapter, put it down and think about it for a while or read a chapter, gotcha. laugh, come back to it. Maybe put it in the bathroom instead of like, you know, over under on the toilet paper. You use the book as a toilet paper stand and prop it up on that. <laughs> kind of like Tony's books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like the Emmys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for coming on. I'm still in awe here. I don't even know how to end this. I mean, it's just been such a pleasure getting to know you and hear your stories. We so appreciate you coming on today. Oh, this has been awesome. Yeah. Very appreciative of you guys taking the time to talk to me because this has been a lot of fun. And I always enjoy meeting other people that are in this community, whether it's through listening to Tony's show or just being attached to other people that know littles. Or It doesn't matter how you get into this group. Once you're in this group, you're in this group. Well, and Amazing. I know the littles appreciate this so much. <laughs> All right. All you loyal littles, I, I'm going to try to recoup. We might just end it here. Who knows? But I'm going to try to regroup and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And Roxy, I know I say it every time, so I, I probably shouldn't say it. But wow, just a great, great interview. Can't thank Jason enough for coming on and taking the time. So much fun. And as I've already announced, coming up will be KJ, his counterpart on their podcast. It's another great interview. You're not going to want to miss that one either. Just amazing stuff. Yeah, he's fantastic. And I love that he's an office fan too that's i love that oh, yeah. show so finding fellow office fans is always a lot of fun now roxy you had a tiny little suggestion for the week yes <laughs> here we go or, or is this really more of a grind your gears i feel like we need to find another tiny little suggestion because this isn't really a suggestion for the for the loyal littles but go ahead well okay so my tiny little suggestion is actually for the nfl they need to get it together because this whole shoe gate situation is driving me crazy. So I was watching the game and I saw one guy wearing these bright yellow shoes and everyone else were, they were either wearing white shoes or black shoes. I did see a couple red, but they were more generic colors, less obvious colors. And this guy was wearing bright yellow shoes. And I thought, well, gee, how is that okay? But someone who wears, say, one red shoe and one green shoe for Christmas gets fined and in trouble. That makes zero sense whatsoever. So my tiny little suggestion is for the NFL to get their shit together and <laughs> stop with the shoes already. Yeah, I think it had to do with, I, I, I'm not sure, we, we could look this up, I guess, or if there's a tiny or a little out there that knows more about this, feel free to email us in. I think what it is, is they have 
a couple different options that they can wear. And I, you know, obviously the yellow, red and white and black all go with the theme of the, the chef's uniform. And same thing with uh, Buffalo, because this is the game we're referring to. I'm sure they have like probably blue, red, black, and white as options. I'm not sure. But I do, it is a little weird because you would like it's to think stupid. like, the, well, the team should have to pick and the team can pick from those colors and then everyone should have to wear the same color. If if that's what we're going with the quote uniform rule, but I mean, the red and green was a little out there and, but you know, I was totally fine with it, you know that, but I do understand kind of where if one person's wearing odd shoes and they're different colors, but I thought it was a great, I mean, it was Christmas day. I mean, how often does the NFL right. even play on Christmas day? It's very rare, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the yellow shoes were way more, if they're worried about distractions or whatever, which they seem to be worried about in the NFL a lot, if they're worried, I feel like the yellow shoes were way more distracting than one red shoe, one green shoe. Right. You know what I mean? So I get it you. together, NFL. That's my <laughs> suggestion. Let's go. All right. Well, that's Roxy's tiniest little suggestion for the week. I'm still on cloud nine over that interview. So let's uh, just tell people how they can get in touch with us. Email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. Also, we're on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. And also we're on Facebook. Our Facebook page is the Loyal Littles Podcast. That's right. And don't forget, seriously, we had a couple, we had like one or two actually do this and they went over to iTunes, gave us a nice rating and a review. That's always so great. And it's so helpful for us. So we really appreciate that. And I've teased it already before. We've got some great, great guests coming up. We've got KJ, we've got Sully from Boston and a few others. We've got a really fun Super Bowl episode coming up with some surprise guests. So we're really looking forward to that. Remember, this is your last week to go to shop.tonykornheisershow.com and get your TK hats and TK sweatshirts and help out Rocco's Warriors. Loyal listeners, we appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Roxy. Bye, Roxy. Bye, Littles. Bye, Chuck. Rob, thank you again. I mean, you mean? I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Wait, I you got to leave that in there. Pause. <laughs> Wait, what? Pause. I talked I talk so much in a row right there that you thought I was Rob. Yep. Oh, did I say Rob? <laughs> yep. I can teach him about that now. Yeah, Rob, I talked so much at one point, they thought I was you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so embarrassed.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Oh, yeah.